Well, it's been two weeks since the last episode of News on the Fly, and what a couple of weeks it's been. The government looks to have finally delivered on AFTA's promises with a grants package. Great news, but will it be enough to save the industry with international border closures and the cruise ban now extended until March next year? As we get close to Christmas and the end of this torrid 2020, just what is the future of the travel sector? From Travel Daily, I'm Bruce Piper. And I'm Anna Piper, and this is News on the Fly. Well, the major news over the past two weeks has been that on Tuesday, the 1st of December, Minister for Finance, Trade, Tourism and Investment, Simon Birmingham, announced a $128 million grants program for the travel industry. And while the full details still remain unclear at this stage, it appears that travel agents may be able to apply for funding at up to $100,000 before Christmas. So Bruce, what's your take on the funding? I don't think anyone would disagree that this is very welcome recognition that finally the government realises that the travel sector is really suffering worse than any other part of the economy due to COVID-19. Hearty congratulations should go to everyone across the industry who has heeded the call to engage with their local politicians because it does appear that the message has been heard. I mean, even if you look through Hansard from Federal Parliament over the last few weeks, the number of times travel agents have been mentioned is absolutely unprecedented. As well as the stellar work being done by AFTA CEO Darren Rudd and his team, there are those amazing ladies from WA, Joe Francis and Christine Ross-Davies, who've actually been lobbying right from the start for months and months and months, and many others right across the country. And the announcement by Birmingham is a massive vindication of their efforts. Having said that, I think, as they say, the devil is in the detail, and those details are pretty scant at this stage, and what has been announced, some aspects of it to me, are a little bit concerning. And why is that? Surely giving $128 million to travel agents is good news. Look, of course it is, but like all government policies, a funding announcement like this is very much a blunt instrument. Firstly, the criteria for the grants appears to indicate that officials really still have not much idea of how the industry works, and that there's a big difference between turnover, sales, TTV, and actual revenue within a travel business. According to the latest update, which came out from our Austrade a couple of days ago, Austrade's the government body which appears likely to be looking after the actual delivery of the program, to be eligible for the grants, you've got to be either a travel agent or, I think the official term is, a tour arrangement service provider who was in business before Prime Minister Scott Morrison announced the closure of the borders, which was on the 19th of March 2020, you had to have an annual turnover, sales, of between 50,000 and 20 million in the 2019 calendar year, and you had to have been receiving the second stage of JobKeeper, which came in at the end of September. The one-off grants, and note that word, one-off, I don't think it's very likely there'll be any more help forthcoming after this, range from $1,500 for those at the low end of turnover, 50,000, to do um, $100,000 maximum for a $20 million business. Now, bear in mind that the way the industry works, generally as a rule of thumb, you could estimate that a company which sells $50,000 worth of travel in a year would earn about 10% commission on that figure. Perhaps they made a little bit more out of GDS rebates or incentives, but basically 10% would be a good rule of thumb. So that means a tiny little business, which on that $50,000 in sales made just $5,000 in actual income for the business, will receive an extra $1,500, more than a quarter of their annual revenue. By contrast, a $20 million agency, you know, employing lots of people, which by those same estimates would have revenue of about $2 million, 10% of of 20, will receive $100,000, just 5% of its revenue. So the whole scheme is incredibly heavily weighted to what you'd you'd have to call micro-businesses, which 
if they do earn just $5,000 a year, certainly aren't paying anyone a wage or keeping anyone employed. On top of that, there's also this criteria that $20 million is the absolute upper limit. So if you're a bigger agency, which, say, transacted $20 million and won last year, you're not even eligible to apply. It's my understanding that there are more than 100 AFTA members who fall into this category. And you and just think of all the big names, um, you know, the big corporate agencies in particular um, who have lots of TTV, but of course are suffering just like the rest of the industry, um, and they get nothing. And I know the government wants to be seen to be supporting small businesses and definitely not hold, doling out cash to billionaires, but it seems this outcome really isn't supporting the full range of AFTA members at all. They're just a few issues that I see, um, not to mention that odd definition of a tour arrangement service provider, uh, because I think that uh, businesses in that category probably include visitor centres, people who produce touring maps, you know, so they could also be eligible, even though they're not really part of the, the travel, certainly the outbound travel ecosystem. Wow, it does all sound very murky. Is it all set in stone or do you think they'll sort out some of these inconsistencies? Look, it's all very unclear, and AFTA has repeatedly said it's working on the details with the government, so I'm hoping they're addressing some of these issues. I do think it's pretty ridiculous if the grant goes to someone who's sold just $50,000 worth of travel in the last year, and perhaps we'll see a clearer definition of whether that figure is TTV or actual you know, income or revenue to the business when the details are made known in the next couple of weeks. And also, surely, a business turning over more than $20 million should be eligible, even if the amount paid is capped at that $100,000 figure. I think it is very tricky for Treasury to even model or figure out how far that $128 million will go. Because, of course, while they've got all the details from tax returns, business activity statements, GST, etc., even that's pretty hard to decode because, of course, there's no GST payable on international travel. So I think they're unlikely to actually have a clear picture of the industry at all. And on top of that, um, there's the questions over the eligibility for tour operators, wholesalers, cruise companies, other industry suppliers, and so forth. Where does it start and stop? There's still lots of questions to be thrashed out. I know AFTA's on the case, and let's hope that there's some clarity um, you know, in the next few days. Mm. And if this does all get clarified, when do you think the money will actually start flowing? It's clear the government has heeded the call for urgency because since the announcement just over a week ago, they've already started to flesh out details, and they expect to open applications on the 14th of December, just next week. Um, and, you know, that's a big contrast to some other announcements across other sectors that I believe have taken months and months to be fleshed out. So, look, that 14th of December could mean perhaps payments might happen sometime in January. It all depends on workloads. You know, there's a Christmas break. Obviously, there's paperwork to be done. So who knows? Um, also, curiously, for some reason, which I don't really understand, it does require legislation to be passed and I've been looking out for the details of that. And, you know, if, if that got debated in Parliament, there could be a hiccup, which could definitely slow things down. But another thing about this is that the payments, while of course absolutely welcome, don't get me wrong, but at the low end, they're essentially about two weeks worth of JobKeeper. So in theory, you know, we'll keep a business going for two weeks longer than the expiry of JobKeeper at the end of March. It's just a drop in the bucket. The whole industry has got to come to grips with the reality of the situation, I think, and not continue to believe that the government is going to bail the industry out. The final 2020 issue of Travel Bulletin is out now, featuring an in-depth interview with none other than Screw Turner from Flight Centre. Read all about the pain that Flight Centre has gone through this year, Screw's plans for Australia's biggest travel company, and his full and frank opinion about whether travel agents will be able to make money from service fees in 2021. 
The December issue of Travel Bulletin is live now online at travelbulletin.com.au. That's travelbulletin.com.au. Well, after the thrill of the government grant announcement, hopes of a reopening of international borders and a cruise restart were sunk by Health Minister Greg Hunt this week when he extended the biosecurity emergency declaration for another three months. That will make it a full year since this horror started. Bruce, was there anything at all positive in the announcement? Um, Look, there definitely had been some optimism, particularly in the cruise sector, that the existing declaration, which will expire on the 17th of December, might be lifted as a way of providing a way for uh, cruising and travel to resume. But with COVID-19, you know, it's absolutely out of control in some parts of the Northern Hemisphere still. With winter there, I think that was always a long shot. In fact, I think Australia might be a victim of its own success in containing the coronavirus because the government is clearly very keen to maintain the measures which have so far kept it at bay. And that particularly includes hotel quarantine for all inbound passengers. You know, that's where all of the new cases are coming from. Um, So, you know, they want to keep that up very strict. So the extension for another three months was probably not unexpected. And if you're looking for positives, I guess one would have to be that it was only three months and not a six or nine month extension. Because I'm sure, particularly given the way the legislation is working at the moment, that a longer period could have definitely been under consideration. And why is that? Surely at some point the government has to give an overall deadline so that people can plan. Well, it's sort of related to how these things get managed in accordance with the various Acts of Parliament which give governments the power to control all this stuff. Um, It's all governed overall by the Biosecurity Act 2015 and that gives the Minister Greg Hunt, the Health Minister, the ability to declare a biosecurity emergency and that's what we've been living under for the last nine months. But under that emergency, there are a bunch of other, they call them legislative instruments, which actually spell out how all that works in relation to specific sectors. And for us, they're cruising, international outbound travel, and interestingly, retail shops at Australian international airports. In the early stage of the pandemic, every time the government changed something, it required all of these instruments to be reissued with the new dates. Quite a lot of paperwork, complex procedure. So more recently, since September, the most recent announcement, they've simplified the red tape somewhat so that there's this single overall declaration for each of which, which governs in turn all of those individual sectors. They're all based on that overall emergency declaration, which Greg Hunt this week foreshadowed will be extended for another three months. Right. So what does that mean looking forward? Could it be possible for things to move faster than that 17th of March 2021 deadline? Yeah, that's exactly what it means. The way it's all structured gives the government flexibility to review the individual declarations, make exceptions, rulings, etc., without going through the complexity of requiring consent from the Governor-General, etc. So a glass-half-full takeaway has to be that, while it's disappointing, the wording of the announcement did indicate the government is clearly aware that it needs to get things moving again, and in particular with cruising, Greg Hunt explicitly stated the government was working with state and territory officials and the cruise industry to come up with a framework for a stage resumption of cruising. I think that's definitely the first time the C word has come out of a politician's mouth in a positive way since the beginning of the pandemic. And the other big factor, of course, is the rollout of the various COVID-19 vaccines. And this week, the first immunisations took place in the UK, while the USA is also working to rapidly approve some of the vaccines. Could that get things moving more quickly? Definitely. Look, I know we all like to criticise our leaders, but like all of us uh, in this, you know, I hate to use the, the word again, an unprecedented situation. The fact the general public is starting to get the vaccines is, you know, pretty incredible given the timelines, But I think a lot of Australians 
probably also agree with me that they feel a little bit relieved that they're being effectively tested on the populations in the UK and USA before they start to become available here. There's of course uncertainty about anything like that, particularly with the nutty anti-vaccination set. And with COVID-19 running rampant over there, we should pretty quickly get an idea of how effective the vaccination programs are in containing things. And while it might be a while before the entire Australian population is vaccinated, or at least those who want to be able to go overseas, even the fact that a vaccine is going to be available for people like health workers, cruise ship staff, um, flight crew, it should mean that there's a big jump in consumer confidence, and that should in turn feed into demand for travel. And we're already seeing that in our weekly uh, travel spending figures. Every time there is an announcement, people are starting to open their wallets and think about getting away. As we've said many times before, Many people, and particularly travel agent clients, just can't wait to jump on a plane or a cruise ship. And while at the moment we feel like we're deep in the pit, actually I do believe things are starting to look a little brighter with each every week that passes. And look, we should also focus on the big positives, like living in Australia, it's summer, the sun is shining, we've got plenty of food, the overall economy is starting to bounce back, and hey, what the heck, it's Christmas in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Well, I, for one, am ready for a bit of festive fun. Well, that's all we have for today, but speaking of things to look forward to, we'll be back for one last 2020 episode in a week's time. Until then, stay safe, think positive, and keep up to date with your daily newsletters from Travel Daily and from Cruise Weekly, and of course, like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back soon with more news on the fly.